We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Mina Kim. Coming up on Forum, how to adapt your Thanksgiving for pandemic times. With a surge in coronavirus cases in California and across the country, public health officials are urging people to stay home and avoid gathering for Thanksgiving. Many families are now reworking their usual game plans by holding virtual gatherings or abandoning typical Thanksgiving rules to cook something they might not normally cook. This hour, we'll hear how you're reimagining your holiday traditions and get expert tips on ways to have a safe and meaningful holiday. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Thanksgiving is a week away, and holidays can make the changes we've been experiencing this year from the pandemic feel even more pronounced because of the rituals associated with them. But with indoor gatherings banned in California and public health officials warning that traveling could drive up COVID-19 cases, many Californians are adapting. In this hour, we want to hear how you are reimagining Thanksgiving to make it fulfilling and safe. Tell us by calling 866-733-6786. Again, that's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum, or tell us by emailing your questions to forum at kqed.org. And joining us is Priya Parker, author of The Art of Gathering and host and executive producer of the New York Times podcast, Together Apart. Thanks so much for joining us, Priya Parker. Thank you so much for having me. Also with us is Francis Lamb, a voice you might be familiar with. He's host of The Splendid Table, also editor-in-chief of Clarkson Potter, a lifestyle imprint of Random House. Thanks so much for joining us, Francis Lamb. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. And I'd like to start with you, Priya. I mean, as we start this process, or people may already have undergone it, but if you haven't, in terms of rethinking your traditions, how do you even begin? (laughs) Um, if you're anything like me and the people I know, you've, you may have made a decision and a plan and then you're revisiting it every three days and <laughs> yes. we may be doing that all until next week. But I think for every type of gathering and Thanksgiving for many of us is kind of 
the ultimate gathering in a year with family and friends is to not start with asking, how do we do this? But rather start by asking, why do we do this? And for this year to ask, what is it that I most need with my people and how can we do it safely? Why do we mark Thanksgiving? Why does this family mark Thanksgiving? What is the story of Thanksgiving? Is it a story we want to you know, retell in ways that may actually match history? But also, who do I want to spend time with? And in a global pandemic, you know, this isn't the first time this country has gone through a world event where during the holidays, people couldn't be together, you know, in 1941 and 1942 and 1943, because of the war, families couldn't be together. And, you know, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was canceled. Um, newspapers were, were, were publishing inventive recipes because of rationing. And people did what we are now doing in this moment, which is asking, okay, given the constraints, given you know, given the realities that we're facing, how do we want to actually do this? And what they didn't have in World War II, how could we possibly create meaning through virtual, you know, through sync watching, through sync cooking, through sharing recipes, through being together in a, in a new way that we actually couldn't do 80 years ago? So interesting. I mean, I mean, we often hear this cliche that, you know, we should see these problems as opportunities, but in many ways, what's sort of underlying that and what I hear in what you're saying is this notion of really reframing where we're at right now so that we can start looking at ways that we can take advantage of some of the differences. And knowing in a sense what comes first. So in California, in, you know, in states all around the country, it is becoming increasingly clear that it's not physically safe to, to gather in large groups, uh, at least in person. And so it's an opportunity to really ask, okay, this year, why am I, why do I want to be with people and in what way and with whom? So for example, if on, on Zoom or choose your technology, um, in years past, there are actually people in all types of families who couldn't actually come to the physical gathering, who may not afford, you know, the extra, um, the extra gas in a certain year or um, be able not, or, or working. Um, and couldn't attend Thanksgiving. We kind of have this, this myth that Thanksgiving has, has always been simple, simple, and this year it's complicated. And sure, it's more complicated, but, but we have an opportunity to reframe and say, who are the people that on this day I want to be with? And, and how, do I, how do we create an activity where because we have something called the internet, we can actually safely make meaning together. Um, and, and again, sync watch a football game or sync, I know families playing digital Pictionary um, or having meaningful conversations, but really rather than saying we can't do it in the way we've always done to say, you know what, for some of us, the way we've always done it, you know, didn't always work. How might we actually think about what we're grateful for this year, if that's a conversation we want to have, and with whom do we want to have spend the day with, and think about what that actually looks like in a new way. You're right. And also, as you say, with Zoom technology, you can include more people than you probably could have even in before times <laughs> at a in gathering at times. home. <laughs> You know, my my stepfather turned 80 this year and um, it was a birthday rather than Thanksgiving. But 
we can kind of, I, and I, people are inventing all sorts of new ways to be together. We had originally planned to be together, you know, his sort of his children and their children in a house over a weekend and COVID hit and we couldn't do it. And so we began to think, okay, well, over the course of a day, who does he want to spend time with and how do we do this? And one, one at 10 a.m., he has grandchildren from the ages of two to 16 in a lot of different homes. We, we, we all decided to bake gingerbread cookies at the same time with FaceTime, you know, in every household. And it was an age appropriate activity where all of the grandchildren could do one thing simultaneously, but still be with Gumpy as they call him. <laughs> and then at 4 PM, we did a cocktail hour for, and 50 people showed up on zoom uh, and, and people who wouldn't otherwise be able to come his college roommate from 40 years ago, his uh, you know, his siblings to live in another country and and had a little bit of structure. My mother played the the hostess, if you will, and put people into breakout rooms for ten minutes to come up with a limerick about him, and came back and shared the limerick. And 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 it was it was a very unusual way to celebrate the birthday. But at the end of it, he said, "You know what? I actually hadn't. I wouldn't have been able to spend p- time with these people in this way." had we not actually thought afresh about how do we do this now? And mm. I think Thanksgiving is a just is another is another version of a question we have been forced to ask again and again this year um, in unprecedented times. Yeah. Francis Lamb, do you hear sort of the principles that Priya Parker is talking about applicable to food, like really thinking about what what we need from food, the role it plays, and and what is it that we're really, what we're really craving and asking of each other? Sure. I mean, I think um, it's funny because <laughs> I had the pleasure of having Priya on on our show, Splendid Table, to, to talk about a lot of things that she's talking about here. And so a lot of my thinking about the holiday has been inspired by her thinking about gathering and the meaning of gathering. And of course, the one thing that's really hard to share, not impossible, but hard to share is the physical um, gathering around actual food that we'll all be tasting together and sharing with one another, right? And I think for some people that is, there's no question, that is going to be hard. For a lot of people, you you know, food is something that is extremely tied to um, not just, you know, pleasure and the body and obviously nurturing the body, but certainly is tied to our emotional selves. In a lot of ways, it's tied to our identity. Certainly it's tied to our cultural identity. Um, And I think for that reason, whether it's acknowledged explicitly or just kind of implicitly understood, for a lot of folks, Thanksgiving means a certain menu. You know, it's got to be this. And, you know, for a lot of people, obviously it's turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and gravy and, and all that. But... You know, if we're at a moment where, okay, we can't all eat the same thing, we can't all eat from the same bird, what can we do? Well, one thing we can do is think about what that food means to us, right? And I think there are ways of thinking about, well, why do we have these things on the table and asking ourselves and those we love and those around us, maybe in a virtual gathering or maybe just as a personal approach to keeping ourselves um thankful, rooted, and and grounded at this time, why do I care about that cranberry sauce? Well, I care about that cranberry sauce because it's always been there, or I care about that cranberry sauce because I have specific memories of this uncle who would bring it every year, or this aunt who always loved it, you know? And yeah. I just think it's a moment for us if we, if we 
are struggling with the fact that we can't get together to eat these things together. Again, to use your cliche, but I think an important and valuable one at this time to use as an opportunity to think about why those things do matter to us. And then, you know, on our show, we do talk a lot about cooking. So a lot of things we've been talking to guests about and, 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 and hopefully helping our listeners with is, well, okay, what will go on the table this year? Um, should it be a version of the feast you always have, but now scaled to you know, just your nuclear family or maybe your quarantine family? Um, should it be something that, hey, you can, if you're all in the same town, maybe it's something where everyone does make a part of the menu and you drive it around and do drop-offs to each other. So you are actually, as a family, as a group, able to share food, the same physical food. You know, I'll make the turkey, I'll carve it up into 10 boxes and I'll drive it all around town and you do the same for the stuffing and so on and so forth. Um, so I think there are a lot of ways for us to think about what we're doing in a way that not just acknowledges the current situation and the difficulty of it and not just like works around it, but really tries to be present in it and recognize mm. um, what's happening and look, I got to tell you, like, this is a hard year, right? It's been a really, really hard year for yes. everyone. And I was, I was I'm recently e emailing with a, a really wonderful writer, a phenomenal writer. And, you know, she, there was news that she had signed this great book deal. And I emailed her and she said, I'm just, you know, she was thankful for it and just said, it, honestly, it's hard for me to even process being thankful about something because it's been so hard for me and for everyone else. I look at all the pain and suffering around the world this year and it feels almost obscene to be happy and celebrating something that's mine. And, you know, I, I certainly understand that. And I, I think that she needs her space to, to process those feelings. But I think maybe more than ever, this is a year where we have to find joy um, and have to find the things that we're thankful about at this time and really make ourselves do that, you know? Yeah. We're talking with Francis Lamb, host of the Splendid Table radio show, and also Priya Parker, author of The Art of Gathering and host and executive producer of the New York Times podcast, Together Apart. We're talking about Thanksgiving and ways to think about Thanksgiving, ways to reimagine it, and ways to really home in on what is most important about the holiday to us. And we'll hear how it is for you after the break, I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. 
We're talking about Thanksgiving, which is a week away. We're asking you, our listeners, to share with us how you're planning to celebrate it next week. What new ideas are you trying out this year? Or have you found a way to reimagine the traditions you'll miss most or have questions about how to do that virtually, perhaps? What are you finding you need most in these uncertain times from a holiday like Thanksgiving? Give us a call, 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. You can also reach us on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum, or email your questions and comments to forum at kqed.org. Around the forum table with us today is Priya Parker, author of The Art of Gathering and host and executive producer of the New York Times podcast, Together Apart. Also, Francis Lamb is with us, host of the Splendid Table radio show and editor-in-chief of Clarkson Potter, a lifestyle imprint of Random House. And now joining our table is Jude Beersdorfer, tech tip columnist for the New York Times. Her latest column is How to Have have a fully remote family Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for joining us, Jude Beersdorfer. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my phone has just been uh, flopping around uh, as the show started with the CDC's guidance that uh, they don't think anyone should travel for Thanksgiving now. So I'm feeling actually pretty relevant here. Yes, well, you absolutely are. And yes, I mean, that is the case. We were just saying at the top of the show that, you know, people's plans are changing every day as health officials are sort of ratcheting up the warnings, the guidance, and so on. One of the things that I really liked about the pieces that you have been writing in the New York Times, Jude, is that what you're really doing is taking sort of the activities that we do on holidays that really feel special to us and helping us understand how we can map those to the visual world. Can you share a few that you've come up with that you realize there are actually some pretty good uh, tech, tech platforms available to help facilitate all of that? Sure. Um, yeah, and, and that was precisely my goal uh, with this particular Thanksgiving column as well. Is like, what do we like to do when we're together for Thanksgiving, and what's available online to help us facilitate that? So, uh, we started out just sort of, well, what platforms are we going to use uh, to talk to each other? My family is is fairly technical. Not everyone's family is, so if you're you're looping somebody in, you know, maybe pick an easy one that you can just send them a link so they can get on. But after nine months of pandemic, uh, I think a lot of people have figured out the whole group chat thing. Um, Facebook Messenger, though, is, is an easy one to sort of just do a private uh, group chat in a room. But um, as I was going through my childhood Thanksgivings, uh, you know, it would always be a large family gathering. There would be cooking in the kitchen. And then because this was Indiana, there inevitably would be a lot of pie and then there would be playing cards. Um, and so I said, well, let me start with that. And so uh, for the cooking, uh, maybe you do a video call if everyone's cooking separately in their kitchens. You know, you've got two or three states uh, between you. Uh, you can crank up the video call, maybe all cook from the same recipe. Uh, and if you've got the archival uh, family recipes that have always been used every year, like Aunt Fanny's spoon bread, we must make this. Um, and you're the only one that has a recipe, just scan it uh, and email it to everyone in the family who's cooking. And then you can all work off of the same text, you know, maybe talk while you're cooking, give some tips. And then uh, you, everyone has sort of made the same uh, dishes together. Um, and there's plenty of uh, mobile scanning apps, too, if you don't feel like writing out this recipe. Uh, and plus, if you scan it, then you've got it in the family archive as well. You've made a digital uh, preserved copy there. Um, so, so that's uh, one way to sort of cook together if you've never cooked turkey. I know a lot of people are a little panicky about, oh, you know, the whole bird. Should we do a little thing? A lot of uh, turkey suppliers have videos like, you know, Butterball is renowned for its uh, turkey hotline to sort of help you through that if you are doing 
the traditional turkey for the very first time yourself. Um, so you have a lot of help online just for those kind of basic uh, cooking things. But uh, once you move beyond the meal, like a lot of people, maybe they don't want to like sit and eat on camera, but you sit and like with my family, we've agreed to have pie and coffee together uh, on Thursday. So mm. we'll uh, make our pies. It'll be sugar cream because we're, we're Hoosiers. Um, that's the Indiana <laughs> State pie. Uh, so we'll sit around and, and just catch up. And then when we move on to the cards, uh, I found a couple of sites that are really great. Uh, we play Euchre and Trickster Cards is one where you can have uh, four players at a time with video. And you sit there and you play cards through a web browser, and it's not the same as being across the table from someone. None of this tech will ever be that, but it gets you just a little bit closer, and you feel, you know, essentially like you get the spirit of the whole thing. So, so those are some of the things. And then you can do things like, you know, scan old pictures and and have uh, slideshows of old photo albums, or get the nieces and nephews taking music lessons to do a little concert. You know, give everyone sort of a task uh, to do. You know, for your your live stream Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's great. And Priya Parker, I know you had this great suggestion for an activity as well involving symbols. Can you talk about that? Um, first, I love Jude's piece. And so it's it's like, a, <laughs> it's, it's how do you actually do this in the modern digital way? Um, you know, a, a huge part of 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 gathering that we've been missing this year in a, in a global pandemic is the kind of the infrastructure and context that we have when we walk into rooms, right? So a doorway is not just an entry from one room into the other. It's also a shift of a mindset, right? From the kitchen to the living room or from carpet to wood. Mm. And so similarly, if you are going to be trying to do Thanksgiving kind of together apart virtually, to think about the symbols that you want to bring into your screen, into your mm. um, into your space, that connects you in, in other ways with the people around you. And so for some people, um, that might be actually a football jersey. <laughs> in other in other families or homes, that might be actually a photograph. Um, in other contexts, it might be everybody having the same the same item. So a placemat. You know, maybe you have. I'm making this up. Maybe you have eight placemats, and each and you actually send them out, mail them out, so that each person has one placemat that's the same. There, are, I think one of the things that's been really interesting about this year is is in part to kind of keep our spirits up is to find and experiment with ways of, of, of togetherness that aren't physical, but still create the psychological and emotional experiences of connection. Well, let me go to caller Leslie in Berkeley who wants to join us. Hi, Leslie. Hi. Hi. Let me turn my sound. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. You're on. I, I um I live on my own with a beautiful garden luckily surrounding my house and birds and bees but during um Thanksgiving's been very challenging cuz normally I meet outside with friends and I have people sitting more than 10 to 15 feet apart and um no one uses shared utensils and that way we can visit but during for Thanksgiving, it's been getting cold, and most of my friends want to eat inside. So I came up with an idea, and I purchased a couple warm sleeping bags, which I've been trying out. And with wearing a parka and a hat, and everybody slips into their own sleeping bag, you can just sit there for hours outside. <laughs> it is so warm. 
Um, and sometimes these magical things happen, like geese fly overhead or a bird lands. And I just think outdoors is the most amazing dining room, as long as you do it safely and very far apart. Leslie, I love that. I can just imagine everybody all wrapped up in their sleeping bags, sitting around a beautiful outdoor space. That's that's a really lovely idea. Thanks for sharing it. You know, Francis Lamb, it's also making me think of, you know, what is in their hands in terms of what they're drinking or something that they're eating. I don't know if you've been asked this question about sort of best foods for an outdoor, a small outdoor gathering here in California. It can it cannot be more than three households, including the host's household. Mm. I, I mean, first of all, Leslie, what an amazing host. <laughs> I, I think that's yeah. such a, an extraordinary idea. But I think that also like, gets at, like, yeah, that, again, that's a, a workaround for a situation, but also like, oh, like all the possibility that's there, right? Like, oh, now you're having essentially like campouts in your in your backyard, in your garden. And, you know, you can run with it and have fun with it. I mean, I would say if you were going to, dine outdoors um at this time and you know you are um climactically more fortunate than many of us i live in new york and so you know to be outside on thanksgiving is a very different proposition to be outside in uh, northern california uh next week um i would say you know to really think about a menu that you'd be happy to eat at room temperature or cool I think if you're thinking about, oh, like, let's bring out the hot food, then you're going to be stressed about how do we keep it hot. And I think the sense of like, oh, biting into the roast or the turkey when it's cold because it's been sitting outside, it might just make you feel like a little bummed out. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's reminding you of this is not the thing that you wanted it to be 12 months ago, right? But if you're thinking of a menu that you would eat at a camp out, um, maybe like really beautiful salads, some really like nice grains, maybe instead of like mashed potatoes, which frankly do not hold up well when they're cold, like cold mashed potatoes are really a bummer. Um, there's like a scientific reason for that. Okay, maybe you skip the mashed potatoes this year and maybe you do like a really beautiful potato salad instead. Um, and, you know, think about a menu like that, that would just be a great buffet that you know it yes obviously be a little colder maybe you could eat depending on your setup maybe the food is kept inside so it's not you know like sitting outside in the chill and you have an orderly way of people going in and getting their food and coming out so that you're not creating any kind of uh, log jam or crowd or crowd but i could totally see like instead of hot roast turkey maybe what you're doing is you're braising the turkey or maybe you're taking uh, the legs and I'm going to say confit the legs, which makes it sound much more difficult than it really <laughs> is. But, <laughs> but what I would say is, oh, if you have turkey legs, what you can do is you can salt and pepper them the night before, season them pretty, pretty aggressively. Uh, take them out the next day, wash them. And then, I mean, traditionally you would do it in fat, but you can use olive oil. You can use anything. Just cover them um, in a pan with again, either olive oil, or if you want to get like hardcore about it, like duck fat, turkey fat, whatever, just until they cover and let them bake in, I don't know, call it a 275 oven, a very pretty gentle oven for a couple, three hours until the meat is super tender. Then, you know, you let it cool enough you, uh, so you can handle it. You take that meat, you shred it, um, 
and then you know you, like that is going to be so unctuous and lovely and you know i think that can sit inside you don't want to have not necessarily outside because like the the cold will make it feel kind of hard and congeal but that can sit inside at room temperature and you can take a few bites of it you don't have to worry about a big slab of it on a plate you're sitting on your lap knife and fork you know like that becomes difficult you can put some of that on your plate maybe some of these beautiful salads maybe some bread and rolls and like oh that's something you can eat pretty easily with one hand with yeah. one utensil outside so that's another thing i would think about too is like how are you serving and um how are you sitting if you're not going to be sitting at tables then you want stuff that's going to be easy to eat with one hand one utensil and holding the plate with the other um so yeah there are lots of considerations and then once you get into the vibe of it like maybe if you're someone like me you have a little like thermos full of hot cocoa and you can really just like go all winter on it You've just painted a beautiful picture for me. <laughs> Thank you so much. And thanks, Leslie, for inspiring it. Uh, let me go to Eldon in Sassoon. Hi, Eldon. Hi, how are you? Well, thanks. What's on your mind? I was also grew up in northern Indiana, and one of my favorite pies as a kid was the old-fashioned cream. And we also played euchre. And I was wondering if your guest had a, a suggestion for a recipe. I cannot find a good recipe in California for that pie. <laughs> Well, Eldon, thanks. Before I go to Francis, I have to actually ask you, Jude, from Indiana, like, if you have a oh. thought for Eldon. Um, I uh, actually, I have this old family uh, sugar cream pie recipe uh, from the uh, Lions Club Ladies Auxiliary Cookbook in 1983 that I think my grandmother may have uh, uh, contributed to. Um, and I don't know if it's online. Um, but I think Epicurious has a fairly decent one. There's always the uh, debate of cinnamon versus nutmeg. Um, too, and uh, yeah, I don't know where, where you fall on that side, um, but I have found a couple, um, and uh, perhaps uh, if you want to email me at the Times, I can uh, uh, send you my, my mother's recipe or my grandmother's <laughs> recipe, um, and the Indiana DAR uh, cookbook, uh, which I bought at a used cookbook store here in New York, didn't even get it back in the state, uh, has several uh, from uh, Indiana uh, cooks of, of renowned uh, historical esteem. Well, we'll make sure to try to get that to Eldon. Thanks so much. And the, the contact information to Eldon. Thanks so much for calling, Eldon. Thank you. And let me go to Scott in Petaluma. Hi, Scott. Good afternoon or good morning. Hello. Hi. Join us. Just wanted to say that uh, it's with the COVID times that we're pairing our Thanksgiving down from 35 people to balloons to 75 every five years wow. uh, and this year and this year it's going to be eight um two 10-foot tables barbecue on one end a gas fireplace in the middle and another gas fireplace at the far end and uh people in their little three family pods uh separated by 10 feet and and we start the morning with a Zoom call uh, covering the globe of everybody who's been to our Thanksgiving in the last 35 years. Wow, Scott, that is quite the plan. Congratulations. It sounds like you've got it figured out. You know, it's a work in progress. And, uh, you know, we're it's a community that we've loved for so long. And, we, you know, this is our our holiday of the year and uh you just got to figure out how to make it work and be safe so that's what we're doing well scott thanks so much for sharing that and you know actually hearing him talk about that zoom call uh priya parker i was struck by something that actually makes a lot of sense you had written a piece recently where you said with zoom to keep the zoom time 
shorter than you might think you need to. Why is that important? What did you what have we learned about using these kinds of platforms that sometimes shorter <laughs> is better? You know, on, on Zoom uh, and, and on any of these technologies, things take longer and the distraction level of everything else around you, the opportunity cost of what could be happening elsewhere is also much more in your face. And so part of, I mean, I love Scott's example of the morning international call. Um, you know, we, we think we're, you know, part of the listening to Francis and saying, you know, don't try to have hot turkey because then you're just going to be sad. Um, similarly, don't just stick a computer in front of your or a phone in front of your, you know, your kitchen and, and do and kind of hang out all day for eight hours hoping to feel the same way because I think you'll end up just feeling sad. <laughs> um, it highlights what you're missing rather than orienting around the new. And so with Zoom, you know, shorter is sweeter um, and, and structure also really helps. So we, you know, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, inviting people to a 20 minute toast is a relief. Um, if you're going to do longer, create some structure or again, create a game or create a focus of activity whether it's a talent show for young kids or whether it's a, you know, a poem or whether it's uh, a slideshow of family photos, um, just sort of sitting, uh, logging into Zoom and kind of staring at each other and making some jokes and then awkwardly toasting, you know, is, is, is not necessarily the best way to um, connect in a new way. So even with Scott for his morning, the international, the international Zoom call, one of the, the novelty is, these people in a normal year wouldn't all be together because it sounds like more than 35 people would come each year. And so he's actually creating something new, um, which is connecting all of his past gatherings into one that maybe they never repeat again, but everyone will remember the, you know, the 2020 Zoom call. Such a good point. And, you know, this listener writes, what I personally value most about Thanksgiving is being with family. One of my family members experiences electromagnetic hypersensitivity, so we're less inclined to do online gatherings. We're planning a physically distant hike and meal with a small number of family members from different households. I really feel like this listener has sort of embraced what you put out there early, Priya Parker, about just thinking about what you need and what what to do that really gets at that need, that really fulfills it for you. Again, we're talking with Priya Parker, author of The Art of Gathering, Francis Lamb, host of The Splendid Table, and Jude Beersdorfer, tech tip columnist for The New York Times. And we're talking about ways we're remixing Thanksgiving this year, especially with this pandemic. And give us a call and share the way you're doing it or questions you have about it. 866-733-6786 is the number at KQED Forum on Twitter or Facebook or email us forum at kqed.org. I'm Mina Kim. More after the break. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're getting expert tips on ways to reimagine and remake your Thanksgiving holiday. 
how we gather, how we eat, activities we'll do together while apart, and taking your questions and reflections. Join us 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. Email us forum at kqed.org or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. We've got Priya Parker, Francis Lamb, Jude Biersdorfer with us, and you, our listeners. Dave tweets, the restaurant down the street from us, Cornerstone Bar and Grill, is selling Thanksgiving takeout, four meals for $65. The two of us will stay at home and have leftovers with what remains. Francis Lamb, the San Francisco food critic here, Soleil Ho, she wrote this really great piece about how how actually ordering from from independent or local food businesses can be such a great expression of Thanksgiving values in terms of um, in terms of just supporting supporting others because businesses have been hit so hard uh, and and also just keeping it keeping it simple as well. Wondering if you've been hearing more people going this route. You know, I. Um... <sighs> I hope they do, honestly. I, I, I think uh, for a, a couple of reasons. One is I 100% agree with Soleil. You know, this is a time when, again, like we've been saying, like we've understood for all, all year long, this is a really hard time for a lot of people. But in terms of an industry, it's hard to think of industries that have been more hard hit than the restaurant industry. And, uh, you know, I... I, I don't know what's going to happen over the next few months in the winter. It's going to be extremely, extremely challenging. You know, I have friends who are restaurateurs, friends who are chefs. Uh, a mentor of mine who is in Portland, Oregon, said he think, you know, estimates are 40% of restaurants have closed probably permanently in that city. And uh, it's likely that another 30% will over the course of the winter. You're talking about um, real devastation of livelihoods and um, and and an industry that frankly is also a great cultural um, sort of touchstone for our society. And I think doing what we can do to support those restaurants in a safe way. And you know, there 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 are lots of arguments about whether or not it's it's possible to operate a restaurant in a safe way in 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 any way, shape, or form at this time. But um, if we're doing takeout, if you're if you're doing takeout in a way that can support a business that's part of your community, that supports a place that you love, and, um, you know, also, also to take the, the stress and pressure, and honestly, for some people, the emotional stress and pressure of cooking your Thanksgiving dinner, whether it's because you're nervous to cook or because, hey, Despite all we've said about looking at the looking at this as an opportunity, you know, if it does feel like, hey, I'm just going through the motions this year, and here I am with my quarter pound of green beans, when normally I'd be making five pounds of them, it just feels too weird. Like, sure, why don't you, you know, pay that restaurant sixty five bucks, and you don't have to deal with it at all, <laughs> you know, and you come home with the dinner, and you have leftovers, and um, you know, it can be another way of thinking about. Um, what you're thankful for and the community you're thankful for and the businesses that are part of the community that you're thankful for. Yeah. And, and, uh, 
Esole Ho wrote in the in her piece, she also said, well, if your dinner plans are set, you can always, and you want to, to practice that value of generosity, you can always buy food from a, a restaurant to donate to a family that mm. might need it as well. And so thanks, Dave, for reminding us of that with your comment. Um, Susan writes, our daughter is a chef and is between jobs. She still needs to express her creativity. So we're doing gift goodie bags with some of her special dips, cookies, and spice blends for neighbors and friends. This listener writes, like the listener who recommends sleeping bags, I purchased a bunch of electric blankets. Get your power strip and extension cords ready and dig in. And then Kate tweets, the show is so great and just inspired me to text a bunch of family members to start planning how we can get creative and share some virtual love next Thursday. Going to start with a shared Spotify playlist so we can all listen together while we cook. That's such a great idea, Jude, in terms of a shared Spotify playlist. And, you know, one thing that I thought was such a simple recommendation that we frequently don't do when we're having virtual gatherings, virtual cooking sessions, is that we don't tend to broadcast it on the larger screen. Like we stick to the iPad or the phone. Yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity to sort of just open it up. And, and again, to, to the points about just making something new uh, out of this uh, sort of very bizarre year and this very uh, bizarre experience. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are just really uh, sort of thinking about how they can just make this be, you know, even if it's going to be weird, it's like this will be the weird Thanksgiving that we talked about next year once we've made it through the other side and then we'll look back and laugh. Um, but yeah, the, the streaming playlists are great uh, and, and just you know, anything that you can do to share, even if you're just, yeah, you know, for the, the less tech who don't want to be live streaming uh, the whole time, you know, if you're just texting pictures of your food or, you know, the family text chat uh, when you're watching a football game and you're making fun of the team that you're not rooting for. You know, even these little things can can be just a really uh, nice bonding experience and a reminder of, you know, the, the family stuff that really comes through no matter what platform you're on, whether it's real life or a virtual environment. Yes. And uh, one of the other things, too, is the at least at our home, we have a projector screen now that we have up in the backyard so that we could do outdoor movie nights and and actually do uh, gaming with other people. And it's amazing how much playing a game together does feel like you're doing a shared activity in the same space. But it's also just having a big screen with which to engage with others who actually look more life size when you're doing things like eating dinner. <laughs> or talking they also it also feels more intimate as well because i know you had some reminders and picks for ways to to sort of mirror or display uh, on on larger surfaces so that people actually feel like they see you, <laughs> you yeah yeah that's sort of life-size screen <laughs> well let me go next to caller carl in calistoga hey carl good morning thanks for taking my call sure what would you like to say well, so um, I'm really enjoying the show and uh, listening to all the creative ways that people are finding to deal with uh, the challenges before us. But um, I thought I'd share that uh, from my wife and me, just um, our family is all pretty much local. I mean, we do have family out of state and so forth, but just our immediate kids and our grandkids and so forth. Uh, we couldn't figure out a way to have everyone together. Um, the numbers would be marginal, but... Um, just because of the complication of the kids and their, the grandchildren and their social pods trying to maintain some integrity and then uh, other um, uh, grandparents and so forth couldn't make it work. So my wife and I decided the solution 
you know, that was kind of hard to come to, but um, that would make it possible to at least do something would be for her to um, be with um, part of the family and me to be with part of the family in different places. It's, you know, kind of a hard thing and a sad thing, but she's been a um, bereavement counselor with hospice for many years and is intimately familiar with people um, who are thrust into that situation because of the loss of a loved one and so forth. So, um, I don't know, you know, it's sort of like a, a, a practice, um, mindfulness, um, you know, preparation for, you know, maybe that reality one day for us, but, but also just, you know, dealing with what is, um, making the best of it. That's, wow, that sounds amazing. So am I hearing right that you decided almost that what you needed less was necessarily to be the two of you together, but to, to do sort of the other part of it, which was to to give to others or need to be around others who may need people like you around them the most. Well, yeah, I think, um, I mean, that might be a collateral benefit. What I was saying was that for the two of us, the sacrifice of, you know, not being together, together with the family, um, you know, would make it possible at least to, you know, be present as, you know, parents and grandparents with, you know, parts of the family. We couldn't all be together. Yes. Um, even though, you know, it does, our, our family is such that um, it doesn't involve, you know, people coming in from out of state and those kind of complications that other people have to deal with. But even with local family, we just, you know, couldn't have them all together. It's really complicated. It is. Um, you know, well, our respective um, children and, and their grandkids, they, you know, to try and address some of the social needs that they've had during, you know, this time of restriction, they're you know, in, in pods with, you know, other family groups and, you know, small, but, but, you know, so they have a commitment to maintain, you know, the integrity of, of those groups and not, you know, sort of cross, cross pollinate um, with other groups and, and so forth. So anyway, so that's our solution. Well, thanks, Carl, for sharing it. Really appreciate that. Let me go next to George in San Jose. Hi, George. Uh, good morning. I'm advocating for a, a very simple Thanksgiving this year. In other words, instead of turkey, I'm going to have chicken. I'm just going to have some mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce, and that's about going to be it. And I'm not going to try to learn how to use Zoom or Spotify or find where all my electric blankets are. I'm just going to call people up on the telephone and talk to them. George, thanks for saying that. Julia tweets are probably going to have a small Thanksgiving for two and use the phone to connect with family and friends. And and Jude Beersdorfer, I remember that you were saying, you know, streaming is not an option or a desire for everyone. Yeah, it's the, the, the technology. You know, you need the broadband to really make it work or really fast cellular. And, and some people just don't want to be on camera. Like, it's just not the natural thing. And, you know, the good old telephone service has been 100 years people have been reaching out. And it's a nice way just to talk and, and really, you know, hear people. And you don't have all the distractions of the visual. Um, and uh, I think, you know, just simplifying that because uh, it, it can be just a very, like, you get the pure essence of the person. If you're just talking to them on the phone and you're not fiddling, oh, my internet connection keeps dropping out or I'm distracted by the tech or I don't have the right hardware 
to begin with. So yeah, the, the, the phone, I think is as much as people uh, sort of, for, you know, oh, I don't have a landline anymore. You know, the, the fact that, you know, you can still do a voice call, you know, whether it be VoIP or Plano telephone service, you know, that is a, a time-honored way of connecting with your family. Um, just think of all those long distance commercials in the eighties that we all watched where it was very, you know, nice and heartwarming. <laughs> That's right. Jude Beersdorf, protective columnist for the New York Times, also with us, Francis Lamb, host of the Splendid Table radio show, and Priya Parker, author of The Art of Gathering and host of the New York Times podcast, Together Apart. And you're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. You know, we're talking about all of these ways and hearing from our audience, all of these ways that they are reimagining their Thanksgiving. And I was wondering if Priya, Francis, or Jude, you want to share one way that you are redoing, reimagining your Thanksgiving this year? I think, Priya, you did share a little bit in terms of things that you are thinking about doing, um, but are there things that you'd like to share with our audience that are personal to you that you're doing this year? Sure. I mean, I would say one thing is if you're listening to this and and either feeling stressed out or inspired, um, I, you know, join the club. I we have we have actually made plans and canceled them in two different ways. In part, as the rates are changing in our state, and so I think not having like flexibility and preserving your state of mind is really important. So we had an original plan that involved people coming inside and then that felt scary. So we canceled <laughs> and then we had a plan to be with a group of friends outside and then that felt, you know, complicated. So we canceled. Um, and now we are planning on doing a very simple zoom, um, evening dinner with, um, with my in-laws and with, uh, a, I'm, my parents are divorced and they're both remarried with a set of parents who uh, don't live nearby, who I actually have, we haven't spent Thanksgiving with them in many, many, many years. And so it provides uh, a unique opportunity. And then on the Friday, we're going to host a um, kind of a global Zoom kind of cocktail hour and invite our friends and family wherever they are in the world, even if they don't celebrate Thanksgiving to, to just kind of be with us. Um, and the it, it, again, it's pretty relatively simple, but feeling like we actually really miss so many of the people that we would normally see. So what if they just kind of a digital virtual open house? What about you, Francis Lamb? Well, you know, it's funny because my my actual personal Thanksgiving tradition is uh, to leave my family <laughs> and uh because you spun the table we do a live call-in show every thanksgiving which we I produce out of uh saint paul minnesota which is where the show is actually based despite the fact i live in new york so um I, so my weird covid thanksgiving is i actually get to be with my family uh on next thursday and i don't know what that's like anymore <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna be good or bad um Traditionally, uh, you know, I, I'll be away. My um, my wife and, and child visit with our downstairs neighbors. They've taken them in. I mean, we're great friends anyway, but um, and they have Thanksgiving together. And usually I get done with the show, hop into a cab, get to the airport just in time to get the flight out that gets me back in my front door or in my neighbor's door actually right around seven, which is when they bring out the pie. And that's right before we bring our kid upstairs for bedtime. Um, so this year, um, we don't really know. We do have a, a, a quarantine family. Um, uh, and, but, you know, uh, but we're talking about whether or not we should be, 
even even though we you know the, the point of the quarantine family right is that we are a bubble we don't we don't see anyone we don't you know we, we just kind of hunker down together um and even at that we're like well i don't know yeah do we do we even do we just get together or do we or should we not even do that you know um well so yeah well lot, yeah ambiguity even though- even though you're not doing um, your Thanksgiving show live this year, you do have your Thanksgiving show for 2020. And I do want to let our listeners know that next Thursday in place of forum, you will hear Francis Lamb hosting <laughs> the Splendid Table uh, show as well for, for the two Oh, hours, man, so. thank you yeah, so, so much <laughs> for saying that because I'm sure my producer is about to... Uh, <laughs> Give me a very stirring call. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. We will have the show this year. It just won't be, uh, we did have to get our calls pre-recorded um, and things like that. I, I just won't physically be in a studio in St. Paul, Minnesota doing it. But you have adapted, get another adaptation. <laughs> and this yeah. uh, listener actually has a nice one. This listener writes, my family does skits every Thanksgiving around a specific theme. To call it a talent show would be glamorizing it, but everyone loves it. And this year we are recording them in advance and planning to watch together on Zoom on Thursday. Let me see if I can get Rick from Emeryville in here. Hi, Rick. Yeah, hi. Um, I think a really good thing to think about is, you know, we love our families, so let's all separate this year, so we're there next year. But make it a chance to be creative. We're going to share stories of what we're thankful for. Everyone's going to write them down or pre-record them. And then we can have them other in a way to almost like holiday cards. But it's a way to kind of mark the occasion of why we're thankful this year. Because, you know, honestly, we all have so much to be thankful for where either we have jobs, we haven't become homeless, we haven't become sick. So we really want to kind of make this a year where we appreciate that through some kind of a rememberable written statement that we can all read and kind of cherish. Rick, thanks so much for reminding us and bringing us back to what this is all about, which is gratitude, even in the face of these hard times. Kathleen writes, I think we need to practice resilience. It seems like this is making a big deal out of a moment in which we need to realize that this year is different and accept that. Priya Parker, do you want to leave us with any thoughts? I don't know if inspired by what Kathleen said here in terms of resilience. I think part of the opportunity we have right now is to um, to face what is. And part of facing what is is also inventing the new, whether it's the sleeping bags under the stars or whether it's turkey sandwiches. Um, You know, I don't think it's, I don't, I think each person can do what they want to do, obviously. And part of the, part of the resiliency of the human spirit is to actually look at what's in front of you and say, how might we do this this year? And, and and that actually gives us like for ourselves it gives us a sense of agency it gives us a sense of you know uh, an ability to be able to yep. handle life with the people that you love yeah priya parker francis lamb jude beersdorfer thanks all of you for joining us and have a happy thanksgiving and thanks to blanca torres for producing i mean thanks to ariana prale for producing today's segment i'm mina kim Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. 
Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.